Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news with us today for the first time ever. And that's because it's a new listing. Brent Suen, President, Executive Chairman of Logic Inc., trades on the NEO under the stock symbol LGIQ and on the OTCQX. That's the highest tier on the OTC, also under LGIQ. Here's what you need to know about the company. This is what I love. The company is essentially the Agoracom of the e-commerce world. And what I mean by that is, you know that Agoracom helps small and mid-cap companies to win the attention of investors. Well, that's what Logic does. They help small and medium businesses compete against mega brands in e-commerce, right? The global e-commerce market is uh, has surpassed about $9 trillion, scheduled to grow by 14% compound annual growth rate to 2027. But mega brands control almost 70% of that in the U.S. market alone. And they're using that strength to win even more market. That makes it harder for small and medium e-commerce businesses to compete in what should be a massive market for them. That's where Logic comes in. They're an award-winning e-commerce and fintech solutions company that's addressing that problem by helping drive e-commerce for small and medium businesses around the world. And more than just lip service, Revenue of $37.9 million in 2020 from two of its divisions. So they're hitting it out of the park, more than just lip service. And the press release are here to talk about August 16th, Logic Reports Q2 results. Revenue up 3% sequentially, not, cons- not year over year, sequentially to $8.3 million with gross margin uh, at a record of 29.5%. Brent, welcome to the show. Welcome to Agorco. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, Before we get to some of the details about the company, the financials, these are great financial results. How does it feel to deliver such a strong first quarter after listing at the end of June? Fantastic. And and, and I say that because um, if, if, if you look at um, our historical financials, um, we have, we, we showed very good, revenue growth over our, our five-year history. Um, <clears throat> what we did last year is we restructured the business to where our gross margins would improve and look a lot more like uh, some of the, some of the uh, e-commerce enabler and, and ad tech giants um, like um, the trade desk, for example. Um, so in pursuing the the higher gross margin profile, I think we executed extraordinarily well. And just to, to frame that, um, currently we're we're nearly thirty percent gross margins. A year ago we were at thirteen percent, so we more than doubled them. And we've are, we've publicly stated that that our 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 targets are mid thirties to high thirties next year, um, the following year up into the forties and maybe fifties. Um, and we're certainly unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable margin growth. That's that. And you're just getting started, right? Because the great thing about your market, e-commerce, is it is massive, but it's just going to grow and grow. I don't know, for the next two two decades, it's going to keep growing. So, you know, how how big is your addressable market? Because obviously you can't have every small, medium and business you know company in the world. But realistically, your addressable market, you have any sense of how big that is? It's uh, you know there, there, there's tons of stats and, and and all of them are in the hundreds of billions or, or even trillions. But I think that the best way to view it is is not so much 
the e-commerce market itself and how that's growing. I mean, it's it's actually only 20% of total retail sales right now. And yeah. so there's a, there's a lot of growth opportunity between there and you know, call it 90, 100%. Uh, but the, the thing that's the most important is not the overall market of e-commerce. It is the percentage of e-commerce that the, that the, that the top five have. Okay. When I say top five, right. everyone knows. I mean, it's, it's Amazon, it's Alibaba, Home Depot, Walmart. They actually control 53% of total e-commerce sales. Okay. So what, what does that mean? Well, there's, there's around 600,000 other e-commerce stores outside of them that, that, that are responsible for the other 47%, right? So you've got five companies controlling over half the, the e-commerce sales right now. What, is that, what, what does that tell the, the average investor? Okay, this other 600,000 e-commerce companies, they're having a really hard time competing. And, and what does that mean? Well, how do you sell products? You advertise them. So if you and I had, had our e-commerce shop, we know that whatever we sell, People are, are, are going to naturally go to one of those big competitors to, 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 to check the price, to sure. um, comparison shop. And so getting our name in front of the, tar- the, the right demographic that wants to buy our products or has historically looked at and bought those types of products is a real challenge. It's a huge challenge. And that's what's led companies like the Trade Desk. Um, to, to huge success. They've got a $40 billion market cap. They were really nowhere to be found five years ago. So zero to 40 billion in, in, a, in, a, in five years. But bear in mind, they're on track to only doing, a, well, only, they're, they're going to do a billion dollars in revenues this year. So they're trading at 40 times revenues. Revenue, right. They're not profitable. But but investors don't care. They've got they've got big margins, and that well, is that's Amazon, right? Amazon for years traded at a revenue multiple that was that was just flabbergasted. But it 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 kept on growing because people saw that that's where e-commerce was going to go. That's exactly right. And so so my point to all of this is, what about the other six hundred thousand e-commerce companies? How do they compete? And so what we've built is is we've actually, and, and I'll describe this in a moment when we when we drill down a little bit into our business segments. But on the data logic business segment, one of our one of our main platforms that we just launched a month ago is designed to level the playing field for those other 600,000 e-commerce stores. Now, obviously, we're not going to get all of them, but you don't have to get that many to, to create meaningful value because they've got to compete against the giants. They have to compete against the, the companies that are of similar size. And the way that they do that more effectively is having advertising and marketing campaigns yep. that have all of the things that they need and then pricing that's transparent because that's how they compete. Let's talk about devil's devil's advocate. There's six hundred thousand, you know, e-commerce businesses out there, which is great. But on the flip side, how do you guys get to them yourselves? Are you are you are you eating your own soup at the end of the day? Your your own cooking, uh, and you use the same tools to reach Georgecom widgets and ABC pillows in order to how how do you guys get to your market? How do you do your marketing? 
it, it's a, it's a little different. I mean, there, there's there are, there are components of it that that incorporate um, direct sales. So we are building up a, a sales team, but that sales team is actually targeting mid-size ad agencies that have between 50 and you know call it 200 clients each right. that may be spending between 10,000 a month to 100,000 a month or, or even more um, in ad spend okay and and that's something that, that that I would also point to in order to be a client of the trade desk or Google's what's called DB360 you have to have a minimum monthly ad spend of 10 million dollars per month so who spends that, right? That, that, that's it's obvious. Those are the bigger guys. And actually, they, they spend 100, 100 million to a billion dollars a month on, on advertising. So you, know, you see what these small companies are up against. So, you know, it's- What's it's the minimum quite, for you guys, by the way, Brent? So if, uh, if George Com Widgets wanted to want to work off you know, Data Logic or just become a client of Logic, is there a minimum spend? The, the way we started is, is we're, since, since, again, we just launched it last, that, that segment just last month, we're, we're taking a $10,000 a month ad spend minimum. Um, but that would be on a client that is onboarded by, by an ad agency. Um, so it could be, be $10,000 across several, across several clients. Um, because the, what's important now is getting them to come onto the platform and seeing what they actually get compared to the way they've been doing it before. And it's it's fairly easy to do because you do a side-by-side -side comparison. They're out buying ads and the markup for, for, the, for the aggregators is 35 to 45%. But it's not transparent. It's, 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 yeah, it's actually a black box. So the, the client doesn't see that. But if they do a side-by-side -side simultaneously and they're able to buy an ad with a 35 to 45% discount, and then we charge them I, the way we make money is we charge 15%. So they're actually saving, yeah, they're saving, they're saving more than half. And so, and the tools that they get, they can't currently get because they don't have the ad budget that Trade Desk has. And can someone go direct to Logic as well? So yeah, you've got this direct sales force where you go into advertising agencies. But uh, again, if uh, uh, ABC Widgets said, well, okay, I, I like Logic. Can they go directly to logic.com and become a, become a customer and get all those advantages and savings? They, ab they absolutely do. And that's actually the second, the second part of the answer to your question about how do we aggregate these customers. Um, th there's a phrase in the industry, in, actually in all industries, it's called thought leadership. It's where um, executives or employees of a company are featured in the media. They're, they're, they're asked their opinion about trends within that industry. And, you know, what are those publications? Well, you know, there's certainly Adweek and there's e-commerce times and, and other um, industry specific um, uh, media sites and publications, but there's also, you know, there's also business week and Forbes and CNN and, and wall street journal. And if you look at our management team, which I'm sure is, is probably an, another question uh, forthcoming um, the tenure they've had in the ad tech industry, is something that you would find at companies like you know, the Trade Desk or Google um, or Magnite, some of these big multi-billion dollar market cap companies. Um, and so in other words, thought leadership is just now coming online too. A lot of people have reached out to us. Um, we've been interviewed and, 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 and talked about in trade publications and that's absolutely stepping up. Um, and we talked about your, your 2020 revenues, 37.9 million. 
and you touched on the growth. I'm going to hit, I'm going to timestamp this. Where we can put the image up for everyone to see your, your growth has been fantastic. Uh, you've been growing at 31, 31% compound annual growth rate. I think it's important to bring that up. So people know it wasn't just a fluke year for 2020. 2016, 12.9, 2017, 15.6, 2018, 22.7, 2019, 34.6. Um, do you expect that kind of growth to, to continue? Actually, if, if you if you look at last year and, and this year, and you know, I, I certainly don't want to don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but if you if you look at it in terms of just revenue, this year over last year doesn't look too too exciting, but and that's on the revenue side. But if you look at the gross margins last year, I'm sorry, the previous year and in, in, in first half of last year, our gross margins were in the mid teens. Now they're they're nearly 30%. We've talked about that continuing and the sequential right. growth continuing. But but what I would what I would what I would also point to is that um, with the with the recent rollout of Logic Digital Marketing, the call it the trade desk um, lookalike, if you will, um, that type of revenue growth could really ramp and, and be classified as what's called exponential. And that's why companies in our space take on these big valuations. So let's talk about a couple of your products. We don't want to go deep into the weeds, but we definitely want to understand uh, you've got, and you've got some great new products like PayLogic. We'll talk about that, but your two main divisions are DataLogic. So that's end-to-end e-commerce marketing solutions that uses data and artificial intelligence uh, for companies to get better, you know, better, better marketing. And then there's AppLogic, which I like. It's a, I mean, I like DataLogic too, but it's a mobile app. It's a mobile app development platform as a service, which means I don't have to have a technical expertise. It's kind of go onto this platform and I can build my mobile app. Let's talk a little bit about each of those and what investors should know. So let's start with data logic and what should everyone know? Sure. Okay. Um, actually, if you don't mind, I need to, I need to do the, 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 the reverse because sure. <laughs> app logic and data logic, um, they're, they're different yet, yet similar in, in the, the, the similarities are, are such that um, the entire business is aimed at, small and medium-sized businesses. I would say in the grand scheme of things, it's more like micro to small businesses um, on app, the AppLogic side. And so in very simple terms, what does AppLogic do? Um, for many years, we've, we've said, oh, we're the Shopify of mobile because people, most, people, most investors know Shopify. It's been a massive success story, but they know Shopify helps offline businesses get online. And that's, that's what we do in simple terms. Um, and, and then the question comes up, well, why would I use you guys and not Shopify? Because they're, they're the biggest and the best. Okay. AppLogic focuses on emerging markets, not developed ones. So you look at Shopify's main sources of revenue, it's North America. Got it. And so you look at AppLogic's, ours are in companies in Asia, I'm sorry, countries in Asia, like Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, um, Hong Kong, Taiwan, you know, your average investor here, they, they think, well, why does that matter? What's interesting there? Well, firstly, we don't see a lot of competition because um, the reason is that you, you look at, at North America um, and look at what we're doing. I'm on a desktop computer right now, and I'm guessing you're on a desktop or a laptop. And so with a Shopify product or big commerce or Wix, I mean, any of the 
online enablers that get you from an offline business to an online and offline business, you have to use a desktop or laptop to build your site. Right, right. And you can do that quickly, but but if you live in an emerging market, you don't have you that live, luxury. You don't have you're not walking around laptops and desktop, but everyone's right. got a phone. That, that's right, because because they skipped the entire generation of desktop and laptops and went straight to the to the smartphone. In in fact, I mean this, the the numbers tell tell the story too. It's about eighty to ninety percent um, smartphone use, and then ten to twenty percent desktop laptop yeah, use. Yeah. So you know it's the it's the opposite here and in Canada. Um, so how, how do you navigate around that? Well, the AppLogic platform is all mobile. So when we when we've gone to customers these micro and small businesses and said, look, you guys are offline. You should be online. You know that um, we can get you online. You can build it on the phone. You don't have to have technical expertise and you can literally have your shop up and running in two hours or less with that's no technical great. expertise. And so that's how we grew for the first five, uh, five years of business. We made some acquisitions um, over the past year and that is what has built data logic. So what does data logic do? Data logic helps existing online businesses identify the right customers and sell to them. And that, that was the description I was using earlier in the whole trade desk scenario. So it's targeting the right customers. And that's, that's extremely complex, but to simplify it, it is, it is um, having, having profiles of consumers and enriching those profiles and being able to find salient points about those about those profiles to target on why they would be a good customer and then providing those to our customers. Uh, do you intend, so is that going to be your, your, your wheelhouse, stay in the emerging markets? Because emerging markets are going to grow, I think, even faster than North American markets at the end of the day, because they're, they're just getting up to speed on mobile. They're you know, you still have Africa, you still have parts of Southeast Asia, you have so many parts of the world that are still aren't anywhere near where we're at. So it's safe to say that you guys will keep focusing there? Yeah, yes, yes, we, 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 we are and, and we will. Um, however, and, and we have also described this on, on our conference call. So this is not, this is not non-public information. Um, it, is, it, is, it is anticipated that we would spin off that business into either another public company um, or engineer a strategic sale or investment into that business. Um, one thing that you touched on about emerging markets being in, in a higher growth phase, um, that's actually evident here in the US from the perspective of companies that are going public in the US that have a, a, a singular focus in emerging markets. And if, if you look at Southeast Asia, and most investors say, well, what, what do I care about Indonesia or Thailand or Vietnam? Well, you know, Indonesia is the fourth most populous country in the world. They've got 90 yeah. percent smartphone penetration and their GDP is exploding. E-commerce sales are exploding. OK, what does that mean to the average investor? Well, if you look at a company, um, C, uh, SEA, their ticker symbol is SE. Um, if you look at their stock price in the past two years, it's gone from eight dollars to three hundred and twenty three dollars. They've got a $200 billion market cap, 200 billion. It's an institutional favorite. It was the best performing global tech stock last year, according to, to Barron's. Okay, so why is that relevant? Well, if the average investor looked at it a year ago, two years ago, they would have made a tremendous amount of money. 
Well, how does that how does that play into to, to new investors that miss that? Well, over the past two months, there have been three announcements of Southeast Asia focused companies headquartered there, do not all of their business there. They're going public in the U.S. into to into SPACs here. The the lowest valuation is two and a half billion. The biggest is forty five billion. So for the average investor, there's a huge there's a huge opportunity in terms of uh, in terms of, of of getting in early, while at the same time being com- comfortable comfortable that these are institutional sponsored companies. And that trend's going to continue. I just saw something this morning. There are currently 40 companies that are focused in Southeast Asia where we operate that are in discussions with U.S. Uh, listed SPACs. So you will absolutely see a, tr- a mega trend of those of companies that in that region coming public here. What does that do for us? Well, we have a specific focus there. Uh, we've been doing business there for five years. Um, our valuation compared to these other ones um, is a significant disparity. Um, and so, you know, coming in line offers a huge upside. So there's the, I guess, I guess the takeaway, the big takeaway from that is the market is starting to recognize value for companies that are succeeding in Southeast Asia, because it's just such a massive market that, that still has a lot of room to grow. And logic is right in the, right in the middle of that. And yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, no, please go ahead. And, you, and you've got some key partners, right? Uh, so you know you've got you've got uh, DPX, uh, in Singapore, PT uh, in Indonesia, BGT Corp in Thailand, uh, Augicom Telecom. Uh, that's in France. But you've got uh, you guys have already started teaming up with some key partners and major clients. We have, we have, the, and and, and um, without with, without being too complicated, um, the names you listed, the, those are are the ones that we described in our IPO prospectus, which which had to be uh, greatly watered down. But but I think if if an investor were to go back and look at some of our announcements over the past two years, um, some of the partnerships that we've structured in in um, emerging markets. Um, extend beyond the ones you just mentioned. One I would note that we announced last year is with the Social Security Administration in Indonesia, BPJS. They've got 52 million members and 600,000 small businesses that are part of their their membership platform. Um, The stock I mentioned earlier, SEA, their their, um, ShopeePay division in Indonesia, which is actually the largest e-wallet in in e-commerce platform in in Indonesia. We've partnered with them last year as well. So we've got some big partnerships and going forward, I think the impact from those will start to really ramp up. So let's focus lastly, look, one thing that's important in small cap is leadership. It's really critical. I mean, leadership is always important, but you know, Look, Steve Jobs passed away at Apple, but it was such a big behemoth of a company that Tim Cook was able to step in and continue it. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the advantage of mega companies. Uh, companies like Logic, small cap, small cap companies, uh, management, I think, is even more critical uh, until you grow into hopefully this behemoth you want to become. And, man, I took a look at some of those profiles of the management team, the, the directors, the who's who of companies are in their bios. Um, you know, wh- wh- how important is that to investors, right? And and uh, and what kind of ownership does management currently have in in Logic? 
Sure, sure. It's I would say it, it's 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 paramount to investors, especially in the in the micro and, and small cap world, because um, you know to 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 a viewer, you know, in, in on, so on this format, a viewer watching this, his or her entire perception of the company is based around what I say. In, in, in you know, I'm one person, right? But if you if you look in the micro cap world. There's actually hundreds, if not thousands, of companies where literally, literally, that's all you get. It's it's one person, and unfortunately, many times it's yep. one person working out of the garage. Not to say that you know garage companies cannot become successful like Hewlett well, Packard. Google, Google did it, and yeah, so did Hewlett exactly. Packard. So did Hewlett Packard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but I think in terms of credibility, both on the individual investor side and on the institutional side, if you know that the management team has tenure. At some of the world's best companies, that's important to you because you know they would not join, they would not put their name on it, they would not leave yeah. a high-paying job um, to go to to something that doesn't have promise. Um, and and then also, you look at it from the customer perspective. Same thing, you know. They they obviously will look at pedigree and say, "All right, you're telling me all of these great things about what your platform does, but what you tell me, why are they relevant, and what leads you to that conclusion?" Well, our chief executive officer, Tom Furukawa, Tom built the 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 ad tech business at Yahoo. He built that in in, in emerging markets actually you know, 20 years ago. Um, IBM Tivoli in in Asia. Um, 17 years ago, Yahoo in Japan and in, and in North Asia. Um, he's worked at Magnite, which a multi-billion dollar market cap company on the NASDAQ. Um, you know, Steve Hartman, he was at both of those companies. Too, I'm sorry, all three plus LiveRamp. Um, uh, my colleague, Matt Brent, was at Ubisoft and Upper Deck, um, two of the world's biggest consumer software and gaming companies. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, and it goes on. I mean, you, if you drill down and you look at, 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 at history of our board, um, we were, we, we were very fortunate to get Josh Jacobs, um, who was the former president of Omnicom, the third largest ad agency in the world. And, and then Leah Hickman, um, I'm sure all of our viewers know Adobe software, but what they probably don't know is that Adobe, is, is almost 100% cloud-based now, not to get complicated, but you buy your software online from them sure. and, and all the updates have come, come to you online. But prior to becoming a cloud-based product um, offering, it was packaged software. So you go to Best Buy or- I remember those days, yep. yeah. Well, Leah Hickman, who used to be an executive at Adobe, she was responsible for convincing their board and senior management of, of to trans to, to 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 migrate the business to all cloud. And Leah just joined our board uh, late last fall. So if you look at at, at, at the tenure and the history um, of, of of our team and of our of our board directors, you'll see some really impressive things. And, and what does that mean? Well, in terms of reputation, a lot. In terms of know how, even more. In terms of strategic planning and roadmap a tremendous amount and so Invalu for, for an invaluable investor, yeah it absolutely matters uh and by the way uh, do you have are you able to give us a sense of management ownership uh you know yes um as of right now on a fully diluted basis i think it's about 16 percent so we've yeah. got we've got a stake um and, and also 
Um, I think it's, it's, it's easy for investors to look at insider purchases. There's never any insider sales because we have a two-year rolling lockup as well, in addition to our affiliate lockups. But I, I regularly buy shares in the market. And so I would pay attention to that. Um, yeah. Hey, if you're putting your money, I call that putting your money where your mouth is. If you put, there's, there's no greater indicator uh, at the end of the day. So last question, Brent, here's, I want to sum, here's, here's how I want to sum it up. Between your performance on revenue, between uh, add on to that your performance now on gross margin and how that's improving, uh, your, your, your growth going forward, the team you've got there, how confident are you in the next two, three years of Logic's growth? I mean, how, is it safe to say you're in the strongest position you've ever been? I mean, the smile on your face probably says it all right there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I would also point to is that um, we've made three acquisitions in the past year, and, and those are predominantly technology and IP driven. Um, along the way, we have absolutely seen some very attractive candidates from, from an accretive revenue and even earning side, um, some privately held companies that, that could very well ramp up our growth on the revenue side significantly, and then um, taking their customers and rolling our platform in would improve those margins significantly. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm more excited today than I have been since I started the company six years ago. And that's saying something because you've been there every step of the way through some pretty great uh, growth cycles. And yeah, it looks to me like it's up to everyone to do the due diligence. I'm gonna tell people that, but uh, look, I've been doing this for almost 25 years now and uh 20 24 and three quarters years so it's it's you know it's it's clear to me that you guys have unbelievable ingredients and all the elements needed to create an even greater company you already have i mean essentially 38 million dollars in revenue is for the small cap world the great thing i love about that is you're it's not a concept it's not an idea uh you're not just working hard you're executing so now it's just a case of when a company can get up to you know that number, then it just becomes a case of, hey, can they hit 100, 200, three, 400 million dollars? That's it's only a question of degree of success now. And we can't wait to be along uh, this ride with you for, for the next 12 months and long, and, and long after, Brent. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Brent. Can't wait to have you back. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Brent Suen, he's president, executive chairman at Logic, trades on the on the NEO under LGIQ and the same symbol LGIQ for our U.S. friends on the OTCQX. This is the part where you guys got to do your due diligence. The company just listed on the NEO on, uh, on June 21st, so it's a brand new listing in Canada. Gives you ample opportunity to get in early, but to do that, You've got to do your due diligence, get to Agoracom, look at the company's profile page, because we know it's technology, so you need that 10,000-foot uh, view of the company first to kind of understand. But then, either from Agoracom, or you can see it right over Brent's head there, logic, L-O-G-I-Q.com. Get there, do your deep dive due diligence. If you believe in the future of e-commerce, if you believe in the future of small and medium businesses and how they're going to grow and take over market share and grow and growth in the e-commerce space, then you've got to take a closer look at logic. Just don't tell us 12 months from now that we didn't tell you so. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Thanks.
Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and then leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel so you don't ever miss another great Agoracom small cap video.